And so he started praying and God spoke to him and he came to me and he said, God's going to show you something about your money flow that you don't yet see and it's coming very soon, but it's going to make a huge difference. Just that little thought put me in a search and I started making it a matter of prayer. God, what is it that I'm not seeing? I don't know. I think it had to do with reading an airline magazine because in the airline magazine, there was a conference on negotiating by a guy named Chester Karras. And I'd see that ad every time I'd fly. And he would charge a fee for his conference, a huge fee, but it was how to negotiate. And they would do these seminars and hotels all over the country. And I thought, why couldn't I charge workers a fee? And my thought is, I can't. It'll turn them off. But I finally did it. 20, 25 bucks a person, I forget which it was. The attendance tripled. My money problem was over with that one stroke. Because when people started paying for what I was teaching, and it was worth every penny of what they were paying, and they went home with stuff they could use, and they were glad to get it, not a one walked out and said, you ripped me off. Nobody said that. They went out and said, thank God I heard that. He helped me with my ministry. And so that helped pay my bills. I would never have made it to television with Gospel Bill had I not learned how to make money. 1991 was one of our peak years for finances. We did about $3 million in that era. And my business administrator came to me and said, 94% of all of our money comes from sales, only 6% from offerings. In all the years that I did Gospel Build, there was one church, one, that supported me on a monthly basis to do the TV show. And they gave me $100 a month. And the month that I started Church on the Move, they cut it out. So then I had none. I had one-time offerings here and there, but nobody ever, no church ever supported what we did. They never looked at us like a missionary. If I hadn't learned how to make money selling products, the ministry would never have happened. I look back on it now and I say, thank God, because I can communicate to people who are in business and I can help people who are having a problem creating that supply. So here's how you got to think. I'm not thinking about how can I get your money. I'm thinking about what do I have that you need that I can bless you with. And it creates a pipeline to you. What do I have that no money else is doing? What do I have that I can do better than what other people are doing? That's where you start. And you start right now on the job you've already got. I think we dream and we think if we lived in an ideal world, I'd have this kind of a company, I could do this. But can I tell you something? If you don't start with the now, you're never going to get to the new. It is the now that opens the door for the new. So I want you to see, you need to start thinking about what can I do right now? Some of you ought to think about a sixth day project, something that you do either after work or on Saturdays. Nobody that I know of who's ever made it successfully works just five days. Everybody I know who has done well financially spends the equivalent of six days a week working. That's what the scripture says. 
Six days shalt thou do thy labor. I don't think we got to be rigid and say you got to work full eight hours on Saturday. But one of the things I started doing is spending a couple of hours after leaving the kids went to bed, honing my skills. We bought houses that needed work. In the evenings, Deliva and I would fix them up. We would paint. We would re-carpet. We would spend a little time in the evenings. We would spend a little time on our Saturdays working on that house. The first one we bought here in Tulsa, we made $10,000. The second one we bought here in Tulsa, we made $12,000. The third one that we bought here in Tulsa, we sold and made $54,000. I kept working up like that, and eventually we bought 80 acres of property in the country. When I sold that, I made a million dollars off the sale of that over what I put into it. What I want you to see is that I did that working my butt off. Every evening when I got in, I put a few extra hours in. I paid for this, I paid for that. I improved the property, and one day it came time to sell it, and God blessed us. Listen to me. You have to take responsibility for your money. You're expecting someone to look out for you, the company you work for. That's great. It's good to have a good boss. But I want to tell you something. In the the long run, it's going to be you. I didn't say you needed to quit your job right now, but you know what? Could it be that there's something that's close to your heart that you could start doing on the side? You know, for years we published children's ministry curriculum and I would go out and people would say, you teach on puppets, where do you get your puppets? I think we want to use puppets, but we don't know where to get them. And so I said, I have a syllabus that I gave you. If you look on the back page, there's six different puppet manufacturers. My secretary was talking to one of those puppet people one day and they said, they were laughing. We've been following Willie George. We know where he goes. Everywhere he goes, we get bombarded. Please send me your catalog. So we know Willie George was just in New York or he was just in Washington or he was just in Indianapolis because we got bombarded with letters from all over Indiana wanting catalogs for puppets. And one day while she was telling me that, I thought, you know, that's pretty stupid. I must be the number one salesman for about five or six different puppet companies and I don't get one red cent in commissions. So I went out and found three or four ladies in Church on the Move who could sew, actually in in the church we attended at the time, one Church on the Move, Uh, but I found those ladies that could sew. I turned them loose. And the next time I went out to do a conference, people said, where do you get your puppets? Right over here. (laughs) You know, it never was a great stream, but it helped. You see, these little extra things you do, it may not be enough to pay all of your bills, but it helps. And when that kind of money comes in, don't run out and buy a boat. Don't run out and spend it right away. Use that money as get-ahead money. Buy tools for your business. Use it to invest in making more money. Turn it and use it to get ahead. The Bible talks about money coming in two ways. It's bread for the eater and seed for the sower. And you know what a lot of people do? They eat everything that comes in as their bread. And they don't think about any of their stuff being left over to plant as seed. You've got to hold back some of what you take in 
to plant a seed so that more comes in. That's how money works. And so <clears throat> I don't want to take all of your morning, but I want you to go out and stew on this. And you know what I know? This is how I know God works. God will give you ideas. He blows me away because people come back to me and said, I heard you talk and I went out and he gave me the most amazing thoughts about what I should do. And it was simple. And I'm not going to limit God by trying to tell you how it all works. Lady here in our church had breast cancer, was a survivor. I think I got the story right. And she learned through her experience that going to a spa was a very uncomfortable thing for a cancer patient. Sometimes your hair is not there. Sometimes you feel very inadequate because of maybe you've had a mastectomy. She created a spa with the specialty of ministering to cancer patients. Now, anybody else can come too. It has been a huge hit. And it causes people to want to go. And people who have experienced cancer share their story. And the next thing you know, somebody ought to do this. This extra plan that you may come up with might start out with this thought. Why doesn't somebody do something? Maybe that somebody's you. Thank you very much.